0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Today, we're just going to do a debrief. It's going to be nice and laid back. We have one of my dear friends going through this year's crazy interview season. We're just going to call him bro, because he is my brother. Welcome to another episode.
1: Hi, thanks for having (laughs) me again.
0: I don't know if they've known you from before, because this is like the first time you've been here, so... (laughs)
1: Well, thank you for having me for the first time
0: ever. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, so tell me, how'd it go? So I
1: just had an interview today, and they were, the, it, it was two, I would say I would categorize it in two ways. Um, there were questions that were direct. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you like? What do you want to do? and there's the other scenario where they give you situations um simulations is what they call it and you basically and you basically have to uh, do it in a dialogue format so the there were two simulations mm-hmm. the first one was asking me you have a hypertensive patient what do you do to like Um, get them back on their medication the second one was uh, how do you handle a stressful situation with your medical student or your resident or your attending
0: cool well so walk me through like you know what it's been like to do everything online do you kind of feel like you're missing out on stuff because you're not in person and getting to get like the tour and meet people Uh, or do you kind of prefer, I mean, I I guess you don't have really anything to compare to, but do you feel like you're missing out?
1: Not really. I think I, well, you are missing out on certain stuff. Like you're not traveling, you're not getting to experience to see the hospital, you know, like the basic stuff. You don't, you don't really get to experience that physical atmosphere, but you save a lot of money and i think at the end of the day sure. for most medical students they just want to save money <laughs> no <laughs>
0: but i feel like they're spending money knowing medical students on like becoming youtube you know streamers because they're getting like these crazy lights they're getting you know uh, mics i mean uh, i mean they're, i think they're good investments and you're trying to sh- you know put your best foot forward do you think you know, they, uh, are, are they spending less money? Because I feel like they're just buying equipment to, you know, outshine on other, their applicants on Zoom or whatever. Well, my experience using.
1: is not everyone. Okay. You think that everyone's doing that, but only the high achievers like yourself. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, or or me, you know, who, whose profile is really not as good. So I have to compensate by doing a lot of visual <laughs> this is like the hummer
0: hummer the the hummer vehicle for uh, uh, oh, people that are co- out compensating or overcompensating exactly so um
1: yeah I know, yeah from my experience so far everyone's really they're not using any lighting that's good I think everyone's just using regular mic or their you know the the input the the built in mic on their MacBook pro or whatever computer right, right. I mean
0: those are good mics, but you know i th- I think there is some utility or benefits or maybe even like an advantage of like framing yourself, knowing what's in your background uh you know maybe putting a good background with like a bookshelf or with um a plant like you are you know so so that you have something pleasant to look at and especially uh, applying certain lighting concepts of like using a key light uh, or having just good lighting period so that people can see you yeah. uh, you know what are your thoughts I- on that
1: yeah, I totally agree. I think it also adds, like, personality. Sure. You know, they don't see your body language. One of the things that they talked to me about was, <laughs> yeah. like, body language. You well, don't get t- so that tell that everybody about that
0: story <laughs> um, after your first interview. What was that? Yes, yeah, so on
1: my first interview, I was told that I have resting B-Face. <laughs> they didn't say it directly. But that, uh, because we were on Zoom, body language was very important to them. Sure. And they couldn't really assess my body language, given that it's an online interface. However, I mean, I make I it a point
0: in. to tell everybody that you have amazing posture, especially if they have good posture. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's just everyone. really difficult to really show, I guess, good body language on Zoom. I mean, I guess you can sit upright, sit forward. I mean, that's that's like at the minimum. But yeah. I think that was an unfair, to a degree unfair criticism of i guess your body language i mean the face yes i mean the, i think that was mostly congenital i, I, I think that you can't really do anything about that but we did we did address some of it i think you got your what your mom did do some of your eyebrows
1: yeah she shaved <laughs> a part of my eyebrows or trimmed it <laughs> i should have shaved i mean it looks definitely
0: look you look a lot more less menacing that's for sure
1: well, for my second interview, they didn't comment anything about it. I, I mean, I, I think that's progress. Leader, think.
0: That's progress. Did you ask yeah. for feedback?
1: Uh, so I, I did. And yeah. they told me we don't give feedback. Oh, okay. This, this is for the second interview. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I asked, can I get some feedback afterwards? And they said, no, we actually tend not to give feedback because right. um, we want to keep everything um, equal in the playing field.
0: Okay. I mean, uh, sometimes the way that I worded it uh, before was, do you have any feedback on my application or on the interview itself? And, uh, you know, especially if it was one of my earlier interviews, I would just tell them, hey, this is my first interview. I don't really know what I'm expecting or what to expect. And for the most part, uh, people were willing to say something. You know, sometimes they would say, like, your answers are kind of need a little bit more um thought or need more anecdotal evidence or some experience um but yeah did they did they kind of give you any uh inkling of um how you were doing throughout the day or throughout the um interview process
1: no i I don't think anyone really wanted to give you um, any sort of um information of how you're doing I, i feel i feel like they were trying to be as unbiased as much as possible.
0: Yeah. I think I can appreciate that. I understand that. Um, okay. I mean, did there, did they kind of give you a spiel of like, Hey, this is a weird season. Like everything's on zoom. We understand. Yeah. So
1: there's like different ways of programs of how they present their hospitals. Um, some of them, you know, they really send everything, all the information to you, like, um, what the hospital is like, your welcome letter, the benefits, salaries, all that stuff, all that information. They even give you like video tours of the hospital. For some, they really, they give you the bare minimum. So like a welcome letter, like just a bunch of paper, paperwork. And not really video, so you really don't get to see the hospital. You only get to interview them. And sometimes they don't even put residents. So you only get to interview the faculty, program director, assistant program director.
0: Yeah, I mean that's Like in this particular year You could potentially match some place That you have no idea what the hospital looks like No idea what the residents are like And then you just end up I guess doing a contract For, I mean in in your case You're applying to, Oh, is it okay If I tell everybody what you're applying to? Uh, Sure Yeah, family medicine, so three years uh, Residency and family And I mean I think for the most part Family medicine residents are going to be you know good to work with they're nice one of the nicest people i know at least in uh at my hospital the family
1: medicine residents or see that's true Yeah, that's you're right i agree with you family physicians in general are good mm-hmm. problem is <laughs> i'll be honest here Uh-oh. uh interacting with other um specialties right because other specialties they're stressed out as heck and so you get to interact with those people too And so if you don't get the hospital experience, you don't really get to talk to those type of people. Because you have to do some rotations in surgery. You have to do some rotations in emergency medicine. What's the EM like in that hospital? What's the surgical environment like in that hospital, you know?
0: For sure. Um, You know, it's, it's like you have no idea. You're just going off of what faculty tells you or hopefully what the residents i mean i, I feel like everybody can kind of hold it together even if it's like the worst program in the world they can hold it together for a three hour interview
1: that's why i really appreciate um uh, hospitals or programs that really give you a lot of information mm-hmm. so like videos um all the uh you know some cheesy videos uh, telling you about what their town is like or this city is like yeah the stuff that they some of ro- the residents do for fun like yeah. that just gives you an environment at least you know even if it's the bare minimum
0: yeah having been an intern now i remember the questions i used to ask like oh what do you guys do for fun and blah 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 blah, blah. i'm like uh now that i think of myself i kind of cringe asking those questions because especially as an intern there really is no time <laughs> there's time to go to work like finish all your like duties and fin- do it well come home relax maybe watch a show and go to sleep and then you still have that guilt of not you know studying or not doing enough to kind of study your own practice or material for like when you're you know, your kids' family medicine for my kids emergency medicine you know that's that's still there and in the off very small periods where you do have some free time uh yeah you you can totally look into what there is to do for fun but in this world that we live in even anything that kind of comes close to spending uh activities in close proximity is kind of out of the question uh and and because we work in such high risk uh positions in the hospital but you know what so what are some like red flags i guess uh when you're interviewing at programs that kind of uh stands out for you. For me if they didn't let me talk to interns that for me was like a red flag like wait why can't i talk to your interns like are they miserable what's going on
1: <laughs> yeah i think that's one of the weird ones um you know my so one of my interview they didn't have residents at all and they told us that they're going to follow up with some type of social interaction with their residents but not anytime soon and i found that weird but for some that let you talk to their residents, it's just such a relief, you know? Yeah. You get to the chance to be at least... See, the real. Know, you talk to someone who's not too much of a... Uh, not, in, not intense. Because when you're talking to an attending or a faculty, and there's a lot of pressure. Sure,
0: sure. I mean, you're wrong. trying to get a job, like, you're, you know, to a degree, right. your life is on the line. <laughs> right. You're trying to figure out where you're going to be for the next... Yeah. Um,
1: but, you know, if, you, if I'm talking to a PGY-1, for example, like I did today, yeah. it was so, such a relief. Yeah.
0: that Was that, was that your first one? Like the first uh, interview um, of the day was the with the PGY-1? Yes, the, okay. the resident, the PGY-1. Yeah. Then you had faculty interviews?
1: And then I had the, so I had a PGY-1 resident, I had a situational um, uh, interview, mm-hmm. and then, or a simulation interview, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then a faculty interview. Mm-hmm. is really tough and Mm. then the program director and it's usually structured like that you usually get a resident a faculty then Mm -hmm. the program director and then in some situations they throw in some type of simulation or you know their own way of getting to know you throw in that angry faculty member sometimes (laughs) i mean which (laughs) is like
0: weird like in family medicine especially i feel like you know, it's very well, collaborative. It's very nurturing. It's like, hey, we're, we have your back. We want you to, wellness is like, you know, a priority. You know, you don't necessarily hear a lot of burnout in family medicine. I mean, I'm sure it exists. I'm not saying it doesn't. Like, you can work a lot and be miserable <laughs> and be, you know, you can burn out in anything, even derm, you know. So uh, it, it's kind of sure. weird to know or hear that there are intense, like, family med docs.
1: Well, that guy wasn't a family med doc.
0: Uh, oh okay that explains everything yes so he did i I guess he's an im doc (laughs) im doctor that Um, went on to do critical care yeah uh that explains that but i'm guessing your family med interviews were more laid back chill and yeah yeah
1: okay they're very chill definitely there are some moments where they get intense and they just ask you questions that throw you off Mm. um and i don't think I do a good job at them, so I need to. Honestly. Well, it's practice, right? I think it is. It's definitely practice. Yeah,
0: it's like each interview you're getting better. By the, like third or fourth interview, you have your, you know, I call it the spiel of like, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Why do you want to come here? Tell me about yourself. Tell me something that's not on your CV. See, you
1: know, I think that's fine. Yeah. Like those are easy questions. Sure. Uh, uh, you can formulate those questions beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think what throws some people off. Is obviously the simulation, but mm. also questions where they are asking you about strengths and weaknesses. Mm. But then they ask it in a way where it's like such a long uh, question where you're like, what are you asking me actually? Give me an example. No what do you idea. mean? Like I was asked today, for example, mm. that um, what, tell me something that was a, something that in your experience in life. That, compli- that gave you some complications mm. and how did you overcome that
0: mm. okay and uh do you want to share like what you said or because that that's that's a it's a good question people are probably going to get asked that
1: it is a good question and yeah. i couldn't think of anything so i just i i thought of uh the most
0: generic uh,
1: most, not generic <laughs> okay, but i good. actually thought about an experience
0: yeah so some of the stuff that we kind of did to prep helped you think or
1: yeah so definitely always answer based on experiences or mm. anecdotes right yeah, yeah never give a generic answer so i did say a, a not a generic answer but a specific scenario mm. and i was telling them that a surgeon was uh yelling at me because uh, i wasn't <laughs> typical uh, surgery doing the retraction right i was you know participating in a way that he wanted me to okay and so i told them that um in terms of improving what i did was i practiced being mindful of Mm -hmm. the situation and always being cognizant of what what i'm doing at that moment not necessarily ignoring what's outside but focusing on what's happening in front of me
0: i think that's like for not knowing how to answer i think you answered that well um, I just so during a <laughs> no, I I really do. So like some of the things that we did uh, when I was uh, when we were talking about this before is from my experience. Uh, I think the best ways to answer questions, uh, regardless of the type it is, is to kind of tie it to something or some form of experience that you personally had that you it comes to mind immediately. Um, And then tying in qualities from that experience to the answer that's posed and then addressing any shortcomings uh, in yourself by saying or discussing um, things that you did to improve. So one way is, you know, how do you go above and beyond for a patient? So one of the ways that I answered this when I was posed this. Uh, question um it is like i remember being on a shift in the ed was a fourth year medical student it was towards the end of my shift uh there was a shift change happening for nurses as well and then EMS dropped off this patient that was found on the floor for three or four days um had a adult diaper on hadn't been changed in god knows how long and uh, i just remember this nurse kind of running back and forth she's doing shift change everyone else is changing i was at the end of the shift now i could have just as well kind of left uh but i didn't feel like that was the right thing to do for the patient or for this staff or a nurse so i stuck around i helped this uh nurse kind of move this patient we changed her diaper uh, for lack of a uh, better way of saying that um and i remember vividly even now the patient saying oh that feels so good because, I, I, like, the cold cloth that we used to kind of wipe her down felt so good for her. Because that was the first time she felt, I guess, close to being clean. Um, no one saw it. It wasn't like the program director was watching. It was just, I guess, a human thing to do. Gave me a great way to kind of talk about this at an interview about, you know, what it is that about EM or what it is about... Um, Um, about myself that i can kind of bring to a specialty or a residency Um, so tying that experience talking about how you may potentially go above and beyond in this case going staying after your shift doing duties that are not necessarily in your job description Um, and then taking it a step further saying how you look forward to that and tying that to the specialty itself adds a level of complexity to your answer um, and I think that's the uh, way that we practice with you is to kind of frame answers with experience, tying it to yourself about what you bring to the table uh, and some adding some complexities complex, complexities along the way. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Did, did, did you feel like that worked today?
1: Yeah, I think overall, I think I did okay. Um, definitely tying things through your experiences the hard part, obviously, is choosing which one he should tie mm-hmm. it to. Yeah. And I don't think it necessar- necessarily necessarily have to be dramatic, right. but it has to be relevant and personal to you.
0: I think it helps, you know, um, interviewers remember you, too. So everyone has, like, generic answers or their spiel, uh, but tying it to either clinical experiences, life experiences... Um, is helpful. I think it makes you more memorable, more human as a candidate for residency. Um, and it I does. think, yeah, I, I think it's better than just saying, oh, my strength is that I'm hardworking, period. Like right. that, that is, you know, I, I, I would hate to be the interviewer in that interview because it's almost awkward when that's all you say. Uh, I don't think anyone would say that, but I think sometimes even the gist of a long winded answer can just be, hey, I'm hardworking and I love working hard. But rather than saying that, is like, hey, you can talk about, you know, I remember, uh, th- this is an example, not f- personally for me saying, you know, I remember from high school or from college, I did construction work and it was a long and hard day of like hard labor but at the end of the day i felt like you know the frame was up on the house and i felt satisfied at the work that i saw and it was like immediate uh, gratification because i worked and i saw the results uh, that left a taste in my self in my endeavors in medical school where i love the effort that i put into projects or studying or uh, clinical experience and seeing results Uh, tangible results in grades or scores or feedback that you got from attendings. Uh, Now, tying that with residency, you can say that because of that, like I have that work ethic built in me. So all that to say is just, you know, that's an example of how you would kind of go about using an experience to answer a question of like, hey, you know, what what is a strength? This is, I work hard and give me an example. Um, And that almost becomes a more pleasant interview Now that I've been on the other side of the interview process as once as a candidate last year, now uh, almost being able to do some interviews in in, an informal setting as pre-interview dinners or even just getting to see what people are like. Um, How do you think you would make this year's interviews better? Do you think there's things or is it just everyone kind of figuring everything out?
1: As I said earlier, the best way for programs to approach uh, zoom meetings or you know out of uh being uh far away mm-hmm. is that do a lot of videos um give them a lot of information about your hospital yeah and just like give them a sense of um what your hospital environment is like if you give them like you know zoom meetings with your residents and give them uh you know like in my experience like some of them give you um uh, DoorDash or uh, Grubhub, uh, money. So that, Gift cards, that yeah. Actually, adds, adds to the experience.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. The. Uh, do you think there's any uh, use in kind of doing creative things? You know, in in your situation, like cooking, and kind of bringing up like your interest in cooking, and getting seeing if there's an opportunity to talk about that. At least, yeah.
1: In my interviews, those yeah. are the only things that most of them focus on, mm. like my cooking. They really love my personal statement, mm. um, especially some of the program directors even mentioned it. Good. And I that's mean, That's like uh, the highlight of my personal... I think one of the reasons why they probably interviewed me is because of my personal statement.
0: Um, I, I remember reading it. Yours is a very solid and very compelling personal statement, to say the least. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, I mean, that's not the only reason. I think that is your great candidate for family medicine. I think you have to be confident in that as well. Uh, This goes out to anyone else that's listening is be confident in your application. Uh, Regardless of the shortcomings that you see in your application, if you are getting the interview and you're there, uh, leave all that behind. Just be confident in the fact that you are a great candidate. You are more than well qualified to be there and you would be a welcomed addition to that program. You are interviewing that program just as much as they're interviewing you because you put a rank uh, list down, right? So you are trying to figure out what your preference of where you want to go. It may be the most prestigious one that you're interviewing at, or it may not. It may be a small community program where the people are just nice. And uh, it's it's very easy to overlook the fact that uh, you go for the name rather than going for the people. Because at the end of the day, residency is a job where you spend a lot of hours at the hospital with the same group of people. And you want to make sure that those group of people are, you know, for lack of a better way, just nice and they're great to work with. Um, Did you feel that in in these interviews? Did you feel like you can kind of work with these people? Do they pass the 3 a.m. test?
1: I think that for most of them, you only get that situation with the residents you know because they actually share some of the stuff that they do outside of work and obviously they also share some stuff during work for faculties and you know program directors the administration they usually some of them really do share about some of their life experiences or you know outside medicine and you can relate with them for some of them they really are not they're just giving you They just regurgitate whatever information they give out and so um it's really if, if it, you know it really depends on the program but at the end of the day i think it's mostly the residents who you can relate to and you can tell okay i can definitely work with this guy definitely not this person <laughs> well For the yeah, program I mean... directors the faculties it's really you know a guessing game
0: yeah there. i mean to a degree there is a gut feeling that you get from just interviewing it's like oh you know i like these people they're easy to talk to uh we have similar interests um you know they didn't you know sometimes talking to people it's like pulling teeth they it's so hard to kind of get them to keep the conversation going uh and you know that's challenging and it, like working with somebody like that where it's all business and uh, on no fun, and it's just un- an almost an awkward or unpleasant experience that that adds a level of difficulty to this whole thing where you know you don't necessarily need that. Right. Um, but cool. So the interview overall, I think. I mean, look. In my opinion, I think you did great. Even in the practice sessions that we did before it, um, you were improving at a incremental or I guess exponential way with each answer you were giving we i think we had a good framework for answering the questions um like i said just be confident in your application in your uh abilities i think you would make a great uh, and welcome resident or uh, addition to any program um so based on that i think yeah do you can you taste the freedom or you can you taste the <laughs> the finish line it's so close
1: i i i kind of do in a sense but also it's still a far outreach until match day comes. Yeah. I think that's a similar experience or feeling that most medical students have.
0: No, I agree. I think the longest days were the days between when your match list is certified and there's you can't do anything to touch it, like the end of February to like mm-hmm. match day, which is like three weeks away. Yeah. Those three weeks were mm-hmm. long. You have no idea where you're going. If you apply to more than one specialty then you have no idea which specialty you're gonna match, match into. one of
1: the advice that you gave me i think that's really key throughout this interview cycle is enjoy it and have fun yeah. at the end of the day even if you're like you know not really finding things that's going through well or if you're really not enjoying it um you know it's it's still a learning curve you sure. you, you just get better and better each time
0: yeah i I mean me personally i had you know i tried to have fun during the fourth year i think traveling going to different places getting courted for the first time where you're like hey check this out here's some free stuff this is what's amazing about a program we'd love to for you to come here i kind of enjoy that you know them instead of me begging for a position it almost felt the reverse finally where they're like hey you know what we would love to have you you would be great blah 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 uh that changing of that script is and it's changing even more especially when you go from resident to attending where they really ro- roll out the red carpet and they're like hey these are this is your bonus this is your sign on this is the perks this is insurance this is the area like i i have some seniors in my Um, residency that got flown out Uh, they were set up with like a rental car a hotel they had like a day where they spend with a real estate agent showing them the different neighborhoods where like what the good schools are they didn't like ate out at a nice restaurant got a tour of the hospital Um, and then eventually obviously they talked about the contract itself which was good um but you know i think like for everyone else and for you especially like it does get better and better uh you know med school is is tough it's hard it's like you're so close to finishing and i i i'm asking you whether you can taste the freedom because like you should be able to you're so close you know so it does get better all this to just encourage everybody uh to be that cheerleader <laughs> that we were talking about earlier uh, did that come up? Did the whole cheerleader answer?
1: Yes, it did, but <laughs> I didn't say cheerleader uh, specifically. What did yeah. you say? So they asked me, "When was the time where you had to tell someone um, some not necessarily negative feedback, but feedback that was critical?" And so I kind of twisted it, sort mm. of. I still, I think, I thought I answered it still fine, but what I I, I answered it was. I had a third-year medical student under me when I was a fourth year, and he was asking for like feedback in terms of how his presentation went, and also um, the way his soap was uh, organized. So I told him that, you know, um, some of the stuff that you're saying is quite disorganized. I had to be direct with him, that some of the stuff Damn. that you're saying is <laughs> quite somewhat disorganized okay that's better. um but i know why because you don't I, I don't think you're you know where you're getting some of the information from mm-hmm. and so i tried to sit you know i took the time sat him down and i just went over through with with him the the emr system that we we're going through the the way he should um gather all the data organize it in a soap manner and present it and how most medical students were presented and so that's how i said my critical you know criticism about or my critical assessment mm-hmm. of someone okay
0: what was the feedback you think were you so uh, two questions what was the feedback in this case and then the other one is can you do are you able to read the people as well on zoom in terms of whether you know they're liking your answers are, are they agreeing with you with their body language like do you feel yeah. like you can pick yeah, up on I that could. or
1: yes yes so <laughs> there's one one interview you know you have like i had four people yeah two of them you can tell like oh, okay they're very approachable people their body language basically tells you that you know they're enjoying the conversation conversation and if they're not you can tell like they just stop or they just like start want their eyes start to want wander around
0: yeah add sure
1: there's the other one where they really tell you that we're bored mm-hmm. keep going like that's us next question like let's keep this conversation going <laughs> because they just stop and then they they just don't they don't nod their head they just stare at the screen mm-hmm. so you can tell you're like oh i'm losing you i'm losing you cpr <laughs> Okay,
0: all right, but uh yeah,
1: you also have to consider, as you said earlier, the time of the day, yeah, are you having a morning interview or mm. are, are you having an afternoon interview? How many people did they interview? So you know, we're only human, they're probably tired, so
0: yeah, so did uh did that kind of go into you choosing your interview times or dates?
1: No, so I don't get to choose necessarily the time for some of them. They set it up for me.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I yeah. mean, given the opportunity to choose between a morning and an evening session, do you think you would pick one or the other? Do you think there's any benefit of being one or the other?
1: Well, you know, if you want them fresh and really alert, I guess in the morning would be fine. Um, but I think it's going to be harder because they're more cognizant. They're like aware of your body language. They know they're actually listening. You know, they're not because ti- they're not tired. In the afternoon, they probably don't care as much.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think when it's a long day with like ten applicants and you've interviewed ten people, or you know the PD sometimes has to interview all of them, and then it's like the you're the one of the last people. Yeah, the, I think there may be uh, some disadvantage of being the last person or one of the last people. Maybe the last person, if you have a great interview and you're the last person, that can go in your favor, right? So you you have a solid application you know, the the person that you saw last remembers you because it's the last person that uh, they saw that could go in your favor. I mean, do you think that's true?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, obviously, there's some bias to that. If you're saying that most programs are biased in terms of like, okay, we're looking at we're um, giving like really good interviews for the AM people, not so much for the PM people because we're tired, you know, like there's there's definitely bias yeah I think they do their best
0: to uh, yeah. address those issues. Uh, I do think that programs kind of look at the applicants that they interviewed immediately after the interview maybe in that same day to like rank them of where they think. If there are people that didn't that they didn't like, they probably just take that applicant out of the running right away um and then you know the top applicants get put in the pool for the ranking. Um, yeah. yeah, but. Yeah. So the uh, what's I guess the fun part of all this? What 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 are the enjoyable aspects of doing it online? I guess.
1: Oh, doing it online or just interviews in general. I
0: mean both. I guess if you have answers for both, great. Uh,
1: well, doing it online, obviously financially, I really, really, you know, want to save as much money, money as p- possible, um, and also just not going outside. I really, you know. As much as I want to enjoy learning about the hospital, going to another state, it's such a hassle to just travel. Yeah, I agree. especially now. Yeah. Like, imagine me from the West Coast going to the East Coast. And you're like like a germaphobe.
0: So that's even worse, hopping on a plane. That
1: too. (laughs) So, um, and then in terms of just interviewing in general, what I love about interviews is you really just get to learn about the hospital. You get to learn more about uh, people. You know learning about what inspires these residents what they like about the their experience about residents, it just gives you some motivation to um you know become a resident yourself
0: you actually bring up a good point so how do you answer the question of like say if you're interviewing somewhere where that's far from your locale or your home how do you answer is like hey like say you're from california and you're interviewing somewhere Mm -hmm. in like Georgia, how do you say, or what do you, what kind of research do you do about the program or the geography and how do you answer is like, hey, like you're from California, why do you want to come here?
1: So I think there's like several ways of doing it. The way I did it was go to YouTube, look at the state, what is the state about? What do they offer? Um, And then find similar things that you like. And then once interview comes, mention that like oh um i heard that you know this state has a bunch of hiking trails i love to hike or this place has really good foliage during autumn season i love to take photograph I-, I like to take photos of nature you know
0: yeah the uh, th- this also brings up another point when you talk about youtube and research so we obviously did some research on the program that you just interviewed at. Uh, some of the things that we did could border on uh, maybe too much, I, like, uh, but I don't think so. I think looking at the residents and what their interests are is helpful to know if you have similar interests. So, uh, you know, you uh, you were ch- checked out their website. You checked out the profile. All that information's on there. I think for applicants such as yourself. Uh, Do you find, you know, doing research on residents and doing research on like the attendings and faculty is useful in the interview scenarios?
1: So some programs actually reach out to you and tell them everything about themselves. So they send you out uh, bios, stuff that they like, hobbies, you know, extracurricular activities that they do, sports that they love. And that's really helpful for you because you can relate and you mention it and it's not awkward. It just you know, it, it makes everything more smooth. Um, if you're talking about just doing that on your own, I think that's very helpful because sometimes uh, one of them would ask or ask about your interest. Uh, so it's easy to tell, to, you know, just to, to say that you can also ask them, oh, do you do you like to cook? Maybe, I think, I don't know.
0: So uh, I don't uh, know how to do cooking it. is do one think? of the cooking is one of the your interests right so right. Uh, yeah it's I, yeah, I, so I it's like every every interview or like these interactions you're just looking for opportunities to strategically ask questions that you are able to answer properly well with confidence or with passion you know you obviously when you're interested about something you can answer it with a face that accompanies your passion. So if, you know, you can, you can talk, someone can talk to you about personal finance and you'd probably have a glazed look on your face because you may just not know enough or have an interest in personal finance. But for me, you know, I personally, you know, love talking about how to budget, how to save, how to invest and all these things. And what I would do on interviews is kind of look for opportunities to bring the conversation to things that I enjoyed talking about or to highlight the qualities that I had, um, when it came, when it comes to what I bring to residency, uh, do you think that's possible? Do you think that's hard? You, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, I think in most of my interviews so far, they just mentioned it out, you know, outright. I don't know about other specialties, but at least in family medicine, they're very personable people. They understand i think as far as i'm I, I know they understand that the interview is very tough and so i think they just try try to ground themselves and just tell you outright like oh i saw on your hobbies and interests that you like to cook or you like to garden or like to hike they even mentioned that oh, i like to do that too i mm. like to cook
0: mm.
1: do you bake at all what <laughs> have you done during the covid pandemic like any anything interesting mm. and obviously that's like the magic question right to learn more about the person
0: what do you think of the advice of be yourself like what if being yourself doesn't fit the culture of the program based on like your first impressions do you think still being yourself is useful or do you kind of mold yourself to kind of fit the program to
1: be you know to get a job well most of them are saying that if you be your if you try to be yourself then it's going to go smoothly that's true but at the same time it's a quick and easy way for programs to set to say oh this guy is not compatible with us let's move on right totally yeah
0: no I, i think so so uh, it, it, I think, you know, going through interview day, especially when I did it in person, was a lot of mental gymnastics in the sense of like, you know, what what do I see? What are the interactions like? How are the residents interviewing or residents interacting with the attendings? Are they close? Are they like on a very casual uh, you know, relationship or is it very formal? Is it like, is there tension there? I'm looking to see how the residents are kind of interacting with each other. Do, are they getting along? Do they do stuff outside for fun together? Um, uh, and then, uh, like, if I saw the opportunity where I can totally just be myself, I did. You know, get, I, I, it's like I gave myself percentages of myself. So there are places where I didn't really feel like I could totally be myself because the culture and the program, did just it wasn't didn't allow that. So maybe I give my give them like you know thirty forty percent of myself versus you know being eighty ninety percent. It's like oh I can just relax, be myself, and it's more than enough for this program to like me. Uh, but I you know at tw- at some point. In the process, I had the realization that I, I, I'm just going to be myself. And I think I've been on enough inter- interviews where I can interview well. Uh, and if they like me, they like me because I am I am interviewing them and seeing if this program is a, as good a fit for me as much as they're interviewing me. Um, so it's it, it's a, it, it depends on the program. Uh, like everything in medicine depends, right? Um,
1: I have a question for you. Sure. So one of the things that people are saying because we're you know asking about programs in general, what are they looking for? Yeah. It's location, right? So is location really important? And my my take as a medical student, mm-hmm. and I think most medical student is it's like one of the top things that they look at. Are you local? Are you from this state? And most of them, if you look at the people that they hire, they're they are from they they're basically their neighbors. So is that true? So I think that's a great criteria. Yeah,
0: I think that's a great question. Uh, I think it's some things that a lot of people overlook, uh, in the sense that they don't realize how important your geography is. Um, So if there were programs that I interviewed at where I, I was from that area, I highlighted the heck out of the fact that I was from that area i would drop hints about like the places i ate and the experiences that i had the things that i love about the area and that organically turned into a great conversation because a lot of the times uh it just made the interview uh, a lot easier because we would talk about the places that we would go to eat together or the experiences that we had and it was just better now the reason why geography is important for uh programs is because generally people want to stay close to home. They want to stay close to their support system or their spouses, or if they have a home, they want to obviously stay in their home. They don't want to have to uproot themselves, sell a property, and then go somewhere. Because, um, you know, m- medical school in general involves a lot of moving. I think by residency, especially if you are have a partner uh, that you're committed to and you want to be in a certain area, then you're more inclined to just stay in that locale. So, and I think program directors realize that too. It's like for you to be successful in residency, you do need a support system. You do need the help of whether it be a spouse or a significant other, family, um, your own personal conveniences, where if you're used to just being in this area, you know where everything is. It just is easier to just start residency because you don't have to worry about figuring out a new place because all, all those things are kind of adds levels of stress that a lot of people sometimes just overlook uh, being from a certain area being from that community being able to intelligently have a conversation about that community the needs the uh, your desires to serve that community are uh, very very important and actually probably raise your likelihood of getting ranked higher because you're from that area Uh, Now, all that to say that if you do interview at a place that's outside or further away from your home, it is totally possible and uh, uh, it is totally possible for you to tell them that you are committed to moving here by having done research about the program, how interested you are about that program specifically or the area itself. Um, and if, if for some way, shape, or form, if you can even add the fact that you have family or friends in that area where you have a good support system, you can totally make the argument that uh, making the move from, whether it's you're from California you're trying to move to Georgia or you know to uh, Maine or wherever the program is, Highlighting the program, being excited about that new location, saying that you have some support system in place in and around the area, we can totally address that issue of location. Now, I think location can also be important in certain specialties uh, versus others. So... Family medicine, very community-based, knowing the location, knowing the place, very helpful. For a highly competitive specialty where there just aren't as many spots and everyone has to travel, say, for instance, neurosurgery or orthopedic surgery where there's a high likelihood where you're probably not going to match into or you you may not have the opportunity to match or you may not want to match at your home institution and the likelihood of having to move is higher not really as much of an issue so geography isn't that big a deal uh in some of these more competitive specialties where there's just less um spots um you know stuff like family medicine internal medicine even emergency medicine where there's you know, more than enough spots now uh, lo- location can be a factor um, but it really depends on how you frame your answer and how you go about interview day if you stress the location that you're from the location, you want to stay in the area, can go in your favor. If you're not from the area, you say how excited you are to move here and you have some sort of support system, can go in your favor. Now, if you don't address the location answer at all, that can be problematic. Sounds good. Yeah, so all that to say, geography is super important. So uh, be aware of that question. I would be prepared for answering that question, if you're, especially if you're interviewing further from home um but just know that program directors do uh look that's one of the things that they care about right depending on the specialty that's one of the things that they really care about um but do you see yourself upgrading to any any gear or you think everything's you know status quo in terms of your interview stuff i mean you know me i love talking about gear
1: (laughs) i think so far the most important part of the zoom interview is lighting Mm. so i think my lighting right now is sufficient it's white light very um it's not too much i think Mm. but it's bright enough to illuminate the entire room my face um not a lot of shadows um and also my books and uh, behind me
0: that's funny how like this year you have to like become like a almost like a YouTuber or like a streamer <laughs> to be able to go on these interviews like oh know what a key light is your hair light and your whatever the side light is called i think there's like three way lighting system i think i sent that video to you mm-hmm. you know and then having like these lights some of these lights are not cheap like the i think the elgato is it the elgato the stream light i think it's called it's like $300 uh-huh. like a yeah, light that
1: yeah, the equipment is definitely not cheap, yeah. and you know one of the things that you could say, I guess, and this is just me. Tell me if it's good to say or not. <laughs> is you know like making these effort for like uh, for video conference or uh, video interviews is very important because you know a lot of the stuff that's being done today medically is through video. Mm. So uh, video communication on Zoom on Skype, you know whatever modality, um, and you want to be seen professionally. Uh, heard uh, professionally
0: so have you seen those videos of like bill gates and mark zuckerberg uh, like answering uh news anchor questions on their like zoom or webcam no oh yeah like they have like the cinematic look where it obviously doesn't look like they're using like their macbook pro webcam but it just i mean i looked i looked into it and like the gear that they use i mean obviously because it's not cheap I, i don't know why i'm surprised that it's expensive mm-hmm. but it is attainable so like some of the people were using like the black magic 6k or 4k camera with like this specific kind of lut um that they apply to make the image or the video look hdmi clean with uh the, the, the this totally cinematic view with like the back background blur um i don't know why i, I at any point at some point if we ever stream this <laughs> podcast it'd be great to have that kind of level of cinematic quality um but yeah this whole streaming movement streaming podcast everything turning into uh online with zoom and um microsoft teams like it's this just new era i guess we just i feel like i i wasn't ready for this switch do you feel like you were ready to everything being online
1: yeah i mean it's not um you know if your family of immigrants and some of your family is from another country, you really get used to just video calls. I get lot.
0: that, but like having to work and having like this strong oh, presence working. on quality or of like online presence, like whether right. it be YouTube and all this, like were you ready for everyone to just be online? Maybe I'm just like I mean, just being old, <laughs> older.
1: <laughs> That's probably it. Oh, okay, well, but right. I, for me, I mean, in my opinion, I think you know, millennials in general, I don't think it's a huge um, leap for yeah. them to take. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I get what you're saying. You're losing so much social interaction, which is a part of your life for the past however many years you've been living in this world. Mm-hmm. And now you're stuck on a, in the a house, um, you know, with whoever you're with and however you're working is via this video interface. So it's definitely... It's definitely it's a different.
0: Yeah, I mean, like conferences for us is completely online. There, like we did try one day where we were able to meet in a large room together, and then like the cases went back up and everything got shut down. Right. We're back online, but there was, I mean, I I, I do prefer the convenience and the streamlined uh, presentations of being online. But there was a quality of camaraderie that was nice of being able to meet everybody meeting together every week and just, you know, becoming closer as a program. Uh, You know, my intern class is not as close, and we were pretty close, but we're not as close as we probably could be, say, if we were, you know, meeting for conference every week and maybe going out to eat or, uh, you know, do other fun things right after conference. Um, I guess that's one of the things that you kind of, that suffers because of everything that's going on.
1: Yeah.
0: But, that, I mean, so that is the episode today. I think we've covered a lot. Um, thank you, uh, my dear friend, for being a guinea pig guest of this. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you want to call yourself. I think we've played it with some names such as HushMD and MD Uncensored. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll try to come up with something a little bit more uh, apropos, ap- appropriate. I don't know. Like, what what are you calling yourself these days?
1: We'll just go with M D uncensored. <laughs>
0: M D uncensored. Uh, but I don't really feel like you were that uncensored. You were pretty tame today. Really tame? Do you think so? Yeah, I think you were pretty tamed.
1: Okay, we'll try to cuss next
0: time. Oh, okay, we're not cussing. This is a family friendly. <laughs> like, my daughter is gonna listen to this in the future, hopefully, <laughs> or I'm gonna force her. Because, uh, like, I think the I think the trailer talked about like how this podcast is going to be required listening if she ever tells me daddy i want to be a doctor i don't know what i'm going to do with myself but uh you saw her i mean she's adorable but like imagine her being as miserable as we were in like the <laughs> first two years and just having the life sucked out of her <laughs> it's like you she have such life you have such a beautiful, such beautiful life in your eyes do you really want to go to med school <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I guess if this is what you're passionate about, you can still do a lot of good being a doctor. Um, it's becoming harder and harder each day, but at the end of the day, the experiences that we have make it all all the more worth it. Yeah. You, you think you agree with that? I
1: definitely agree with that.
0: All right. I guess we'll leave it at that. Thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully this was entertaining and not boring uh if nothing just enjoy the song (laughs) bye till next time